This is Tony Warner, and you are listening to the Fulham Focus Podcast. Welcome to the Fulham Focus podcast. My name's Matt Boisclair. My nerves are shredded. How are yours? The White's just about squeezed through to the 2019-20 playoff final this evening after a 2-1 home defeat to Cardiff City ensured a 3-2 aggregate victory. I've got a man with me who I genuinely think has been having some sort of nervous breakdown this week during these playoff semi-final matches. It's J-Mac. How do you feel tonight, mate? Oh man, okay, Sarah, Sarah, wherever we'll be, we'll be. <laughs> oh great, excellent feeling. We did it. We didn't do it in the best of style, but I'm, I'm happy, mate. I'm happy. Back to Wembley we go. Well, we don't go, but the team go at least. We'll be there in spirit. We will. Also joining me is Christopher Biggins' new best mate. It's the artist formerly known as Baldo. It's Baldo. How are your nerves, mate? <laughs> I still have them, man, for the love of God. These jokes, I'm getting more and more insider every week. They're, no one outside of Fulham Focus gets the gist of them. And I don't know if that makes them good or bad. Well, oh, but my they're, God. There's something, anyway. And they are fabulous sausages. Yeah. Oh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> let's, uh, I, need, let's, I need a laugh after the night we've had. <laughs> I need yeah, a laugh. Yeah, I, I need a drink. I don't know about a laugh. Jesus. Anyway, let's, uh, let's look back at the game. Fulham. Right, well, Fulham were unchanged from the starting lineup. They did so well in South Wales on Monday night. Mitro was still missing. J Matt, do you think that had we been behind going into this evening, he would have been risked? Uh, probably not, but I, th- there's a part of me that thinks that the fact that Mitro wasn't even on the bench is just sure enough that he wasn't worth even risking slightly. I think I probably. If I had known that we were going to concede as early as we did and in the fashion that we did, I would have definitely have liked to have Mitra on the, you know, on, on the yeah. main starting lineup. But I, I, to be honest, I think the fact that he wasn't on the bench speaks volumes enough that he it was quite serious. I, it sounds like he was in training, and he probably should be okay for Wembley. But no, I, I I approve of the starting lineup. To be honest, it's what I wanted to begin with. He looked super relaxed, to be honest. They kept showing him on TV. Just, I think he was sat yeah. with Johnny Hanks up in the wooden seats. Looked very relaxed. And he didn't look too depressed either, which is the main thing. He obviously, I think he knows that he's going to be playing the next game. Let's hope so. We're, we're definitely going to need him back. Um, Baldo, Anthony Knocker had an early chance, first few minutes. He cut back inside uh, in the penalty area. His shot hit the keeper when Onoma was square. Do you think he did the right thing in having a shot or was it just classic greediness from Knockart? Um, I think there were. I think there was a touch of greediness there. Um, I know that Onuma was the option. I think, in all honesty, he should have passed it to Tom Kearney, who was pretty much unmarked outside the box. I think he, if he'd have given it to Onuma, if you go back and look at it, there wasn't a lot of space for him to work with. So I think if he'd have given it a slide rule pass to Tom Kearney, who would have had you know eggs of space in front of the guy, I reckon that probably would have been the would have been the better option. But again, it just comes down to anti knockout. Whenever he gets the ball. You know, in the box on his left foot, he always seems to make the wrong decision. Uh, I, and it's just baffled me how we've we managed to get through this stage of the season. We've gone through this long, and he still hasn't quite worked it out. It's baffling. It's almost like when he gets into a certain range of the goal, 
everything else just disappears out of his mind. And he's just like, right, there's just one thing I'm going to do. I'm going for goal. Go on, J-Mac. Well, I was just going to say that I thought, you know, in spite of what you're saying, there were some really nice moments from Notcut tonight in the early stuff, you know, in the early phases of the game anyway. He played almost like a number 10 at times. There were some really, really good balls uh, into the attacking third, I thought. But yeah, once again, end product not good enough. And he did the classic aiming for the top left bins and, you know, going way over. But still, I, I still would have started Notcut tonight. I thought he did all right. Good stuff. All right. Um, Sky Sports made a big deal saying that Neil Harris had drilled into Cardiff that they must score first at all costs. And lo and behold, eight minutes in, they took the bloody lead, didn't they? To me, mm. it looked like a foul on the goalkeeper um, on Rodak. There's a player just stood right in front of him. And I think it was Danny Higginbottom, the co-commentator, saying, well, he, he doesn't really touch him. He doesn't, what do you mean he doesn't touch him? He stood in front of him and puts his arm out to stop him coming to get the ball. It's clear yeah. obstruction. Yeah, I thought I think I you know I've been a defender of you know physical football over over the years, and and I still try to am to, to, to some extent. And I think if that was you know I don't know who the guy was um, challenging challenging uh, Rodak, if he was actually going up trying to get the ball, then I think I would you you could have made the case that Rodak should have done better. But the fact that the defender was completely blocking him off, so I think we do have the argument of a foul there. Whether or not you know in a VAR world, whether or not that gets overturned. We just don't know, but I mean, thankfully it didn't matter much in the end. But yeah, I think Cardiff were very lucky on that occasion. Yeah, I was just going to add to that. I think Rodak was looking for it too quickly. I, I don't think it was necessarily a foul, but just I think Rodak should have played until the ref blew his whistle there, looking too much for an excuse too early, in my opinion. And just just onto Neil Harris really quickly, something I'd like to have said at the beginning is just you know I hope we weren't celebrating as we won the tie too much tonight as well <laughs> he's just absolute very good oh, man what a <laughs> flipping so-and-so he is man i'm so glad he won. yeah me too me too um yeah i mean Car- cardiff uh renowned for scoring from set pieces aren't they and that goal reminded me a little bit of the um the bettinelli west brom goal earlier in the season when he kind of got blocked off but this was more blatant a foul um like you say it didn't matter in the end but that was a that could have been a crucial goal to concede after eight minutes i mean I've, I've spoken to a lot of you guys and, and the rest of the team as well throughout the week. And we all kind of agreed if we can get to the first drink break without conceding a goal, then we should be in pretty good shape. And of course, eight minutes in, we're a goal down. And you, you know what I'm like as well. As as, um, as the game's going on, I'm, I'm writing down notes for the show on my phone um, for the podcast. Mm. So I'm busy, I'm busy writing about the goal and writing down some notes about the goal. Looked up just as Niskins Cabano was was tapping in the equaliser. Twenty four seconds later, Baldo, talk me through the goal. No, uh, well, I think a lot of credit needs to go to Cyrus Christie for. I don't. He didn't start the move off because I think you know we won the ball back. It came through Tim Ream first, but Cyrus Christie gave a great you know defence splitting ball. You no. Know, Moving the ball way up the field, I think he gets need to get a lot of credit for that. Brilliant work up the um, up the right hand side to sort of build up, and then a brilliantly drilled uh, ball across the box, and Cabano's there on the back post to tap in. You, it goes back to what we've been saying. We've been trying to cross the ball in, and there's not been that centre forward there. You know, we've been missing Mitrovic uh, to some extent, even though you know we have the stats that say that we've been good without him. So, but. We've been seeing it in these games. We've been crossing the ball in or getting the ball out wide, and there's no one there. And it was the same again. It was just lucky that Niskins Cabano had you know, the brains to make that dart, darting 
uh, run into the box to, fin to finish another back post. So I think credit needs to go again to Niskins Cabano for having the brains to think of that. Niskins Cabano as well, but I just want to say I think the assist from Bobby Reed was sublime, and I, I you know just really, really, really lovely cross to him. And obviously Cabano five goals in four games. What can you say? I mean that's just you know I can't believe the levels that he's gone to, and I really hope his injury isn't you know anything too denting for the next game coming up, the final of course. But I just want to say that Bobby Reed's assist was masterful, and I just think yeah, kudos to him as well. Hell of a ball, and it was on the end of a was it a ten pass move? Sky said I hadn't counted it. I was I was too nervous to to sit there and and, and try and pick out the details like that. But yeah, hell of a ball from Bobby Reed. Cabano does excellently to to get in in front of was it Bakuna? Um, yeah, who probably who, who should have reacted better in all fairness. But instinctive finish from Cabano, and I can't believe a few weeks ago I was saying nothing exciting ever happens when Cabano gets the ball. Now we're talking about a player who's got five goals in four games. Um, yeah. And obviously he went off at half time and he had um, ice, an ice pack strapped to his hamstring. But I really hope he's available for the final because he's played a big part in the last few games in getting us there. I've got to say also, just really quickly, that the fact that we equalised so rapidly after conceding, um, I wasn't actually set up on my laptop properly, as all the guys on Focus will know. And as soon as, so as soon as we conceded, everyone, not just on Focus, everyone was messing with me like, Oh God! And I was just like, Oh God's sake, God, guys! I'm gonna have to. And I left the WhatsApp group, the Focus WhatsApp group, to sort of just get away from all the stress, so I could like sign in. And as soon as, as, soon as I log in, we've we've equalised again. <laughs> and, I, and I just almost and we'll come what happens later on. But I eventually had to leave the group again because obviously I was the jinx for this game. But no, I mean yeah. I was I was so thrilled to hear that we equalised as quickly as we did, and especially from the person who what. did the job. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, that equaliser calmed a lot of nerves, I would say. It did, because yeah. If we'd, yeah, exactly. If we'd have gone, you know, the next five or ten minutes, you know, being one goal behind, I think a lot of nerves would... The fact that we managed to get the two-goal advantage back more or less straight away, I think just gave people a little bit more chances to calm down and just, right, we're back to square one, as it were, and now kind of we've got to, you know, keep coming at us. Well, we, we calmed down until half-time anyway, or just after half-time. But just before that, I just want to pick up on something that I noticed. We seem to be giving away a lot of free kicks in dangerous positions, before the drinks break particularly. Um, we were level, but I was, I was beginning to get a bit worried about our general clumsiness. And I was worried that it was giving Cardiff opportunities to get back into the game and playing into their hands. What did you guys think? Yeah, um, I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before. If not, I've mentioned it in the chat. I think our discipline in the last couple of games has been absolutely woeful. You know, you think of uh, Harrison Reed's, um It was two yellow cards for Harrison Reed, wasn't it? Um, uh, earlier in the season, against Sheffield Wednesday, I think it was. Again, as you mentioned, giving away free kicks. The discipline has been absolutely dreadful these past couple of weeks. And we've got away with it on some occasions. And I think given what we're up against on Tuesday night in arguably arguably the best team in the league, given the fact they scored the most goals and I think had the best joint best goal difference. Um, we're not going to be able to get away with with it as many times as we have in these past couple of weeks. So we, the discipline has got to be got to be improved on Tuesday night. Yeah, good point. All right, well, in first half injury time, there were two great chances that fell to Anthony Knockart. Firstly, a brilliant ball over the top from Tom Kearney, who, by the way, I thought had an excellent game tonight. Um, Tom Kearney gave him the chance to go around the keeper, but instead of going around the keeper, he just kind of 
scuffed the ball and the keeper gathered it. I was fully expecting Anthony Knockhart to knock it past the keeper, throw his head back and do a, a, a huge dive on the floor and try and get a penalty, but didn't even do that. Um, then Cyrus Christie had a shot from outside the penalty area, which was saved by the goalkeeper. Anthony Knockhart latched onto the loose ball, took a touch and uh, ended up putting it over the crossbar. Another case of how frustrating he can be, right, J-Mac? Yeah, just uh, unfortunately, the, the same thing we usually see. I mean, I love Knockhart for his effort, you know, tracking back. I love him, you know, for his passion. And uh, in my opinion, I think he... I think he touches the opposing player's face too much. He always likes to sort of just like cradle an opposing player's face with with lots of like French love and passion. <laughs> but I just, um, I just, for me personally, just just something for his end product. There's just something missing there. Who knows? We might actually get it in the final. I'd love it for him to suddenly just score a brace or something like that. But no, very frustrating. And you know, it's every time he takes that shot. Now I don't want to put a damper on this too much because we've just gone to Wembley and it's a big game. Um, but I, I just, you know, every time he makes a shot like that. I'm never expecting that to go in. <laughs> I don't think any of us are. So it, it is a shame. But, I, but like I said before, I don't think he had his worst game tonight. He did make some nice. some nice passes. And I, I did like how he actually went through the centre of the pitch rather than on the right. And I actually think that might be his that might be his game long-term for us if we are in the championship of the Premier League. Whatever we're doing next season, I think Knockhart might start becoming our middleman, maybe. But that's just me talking maybe slight, a bit of shit. I don't know. Yeah, he's... Uh... He's he's one of those players that's always divided opinion. But when when your your nerves are uh, really on edge, it's particularly in that second half, and he's he's hit a couple of wayward passes. Then there was a lot of fuck off knockouts into our WhatsApp group. That's for sure. For God's oh, sake, yeah. knockout! God, it was it was just that, that second half was excruciating. But we're going to come on to that now, <laughs> um, or, or just before that, I'm going to ask you both uh, the same question that I did the other night. How did you feel at halftime? Had you seen a lot to worry about from Cardiff? Did you did you think that we were home and dry at half time? Um, I didn't because I couldn't see us <laughs> getting. I can I can I can see us uh, mastering up much um, offensively because you know at half time because then we brought on uh, Kamara and he caused a bit of problems. But at half time, no, I didn't see, and I knew there was going to have to be a game where the defence would have to you know, grind out the result. And if Cardiff are going to throw wave after wave after wave on us, then it was going to. I reckon it was going to be tough for us to be able to hold off, and as we know, we didn't keep them keep them out totally. So no, I I wasn't feeling confident at all, even though it was still a two goal lead. Yeah, I mean, I I thought I think Reese alluded to this actually just a few minutes ago. As soon as we scored the equalizer again, I felt we were fine. I felt like it wasn't pretty. I felt we were doing, and I thought Tom Kenny really helped for us taking control of the game and making things a lot calmer in the middle. But I, I personally wasn't as worried as everyone else. I think it was what happened in the second half that started to really pull in the short and curlies for a lot of us. But no, after the second half, I, I was happy. And I, I thought, you know, we could definitely have won in the, in the next half after that. Yeah, I went, I went to my mum's to watch the game again. It's kind of a tradition now during lockdown. Whenever I go to my mum's to watch a game, Fulham win. And whenever we watch it at mine, we don't. So um, right. I always go around there. And I'm definitely going around there on Tuesday as well, whether she likes it or not. And, <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and yeah, we, we kind of said at half time. I said, well, before the game, I'd have been happy if we were level at half time. And we are level. I wasn't expecting this to be 1-1. I thought it would probably be nil-nil. But I thought we were kind of, we were dealing with the long balls into the box all right. You know, I'd, all right, they, Cardiff had had a couple of opportunities and they had scored. But I felt generally, I, looking back on it now, we 
we weren't really under the cosh as much as it felt like we were at the time. But just because you've got all that angst inside you from, from you know, it being such a big game and you're not wanting to concede, yeah. um, I think it felt worse than it was at the time. But anyway, I was, I was happy at half-time that we were level. At half-time, or according to Sky, Cabano was struggling as the teams came out. And so on came Abubakar Kamara. And then, as I said earlier, you saw Cabano with, a, with an ice pack on his hamstring later on. Meanwhile, Cardiff brought on Tomlin and Mendes Lang. And as the Cardiff subs combined, we conceded immediately after the break. It was the worst possible start um, and worst possible time to concede, whichever way you look at it. Bulldo, mm. was anyone at fault for you here? Uh, I think a couple of players were at fault. I think Rodak should have done a lot better in dealing with... I know it was a bit of a reaction thing, but I think you've got to be pushing that ball either over the bar, wide, or you know, away from danger, at least not straight back into it. And as a result, I don't know how much you can really put on Michael Hector because he sort of took a swipe at the ball and couldn't quite get the ball away. Again, could he have done better? Ball was straight out from Rodak. It was it was a calamity. It was a, it was a multitude of errors. Let's just put it that way. I think a lot of players, you know, could have done it. Could have done a lot better in that situation. You know, you could even make the argument playing the offside trap a little bit better after the ball. After Michael Hector got the ball away, because Tomlin was marginal in terms of staying onside, offside in that situation. So, uh, blame goes to a lot of players on that on that situation rather than just one. I think it was Michael Hector that fudged that personally. Uh, I thought Rodak made a, made a really good save, and Hector's touch really screwed everything up, to be honest. And I feel like it, it was a very similar thing that happened later on in the 71st minute. Rodak was livid once again. He did all the hard work with a save, and then his defenders didn't help him out at all. Uh, Michael Hector, for me, this game was a bit rusty with some of the touches he made of the ball. Uh, and for me, I, I mean, look, <laughs> shit happens. But for me, I, if I was going to blame anyone, I would say it was a it was an error from Michael Hector with his clearance and just his handling of the ball for that. I'd have to agree with that. I thought it was a good save from, from Rodak. Um, the initial save, it was almost, almost came at him and it was, it was at him, but it, I, I thought he did well to get his hand to it. Could have gone anywhere, but it's just a shame it didn't go to safety. And then you're right. Hector kind of didn't deal with the second ball. And it was a really good finish from, from Tomlin. You know, he's, he's brought it down and put it in the bottom corner, but instinctive finish. And yeah, we were really up against it after that, weren't we? It was just like really the worst possible time to concede, as I said. Yeah, I felt like. I just want to say, sorry, mate. Just, I mean, there was an amazing cross in the 55th minute from Bakuna, and I mean, it, like from then onwards, I mean, it, it, it. What reminded me? It reminded me of you know when a team suddenly starts coming at you and starts having all their momentum in the 85th minute, where it felt like they were having that in the 55th minute, and it, it, I, I, I. It, sort of made me confident because I knew that they were going to run out of steam, which eventually they did. And the ball eventually came back in our favour a bit for a time. But yeah, it was all coming right at us. And I think in the 58th minute as well, Rodak got a yellow card for time-wasting, which in my opinion is bollocks because I really don't think he was... I've seen I've seen a lot longer time-wasting given for yellow cards than that. Anyway, sorry, I, I interrupted you. But yeah, just generally, we were... They were like some flies on shit, basically, from the 50s. Yeah, they were. They were. I was going to agree with you, actually. I was just going to say it felt like from that moment we were right under pressure and we were a bit rattled, to be honest. Second to everything. Mm. And it was quite uncomfortable to watch. Baldo, how was it for you? Oh, it was terrible because, like I said, I couldn't see our attack mustering anything. At, at, that, at that point, I couldn't see us mustering anything. So, yeah, it was nervous. And Cardiff had a couple of chances that you think, you know, the more, the better of them came later on. But there are a couple of times where Cardiff were getting in positions where you think, 
oh god this is going to be it and extra time looming and all that sort of stuff so i i was barely getting through it without having to duck behind the sofa let's just put it that way yeah you were not alone i was exactly the same i was pacing around the living room it was awful and i i kind of think as well that it, it wouldn't have been as bad if we'd have been in the stadium altogether and try to, you know, influence the game and, um, and wheel the team on. But where you're at home kind of pacing around and there's no atmosphere at home, it's, it's, it's much harder. It's much more nerve-wracking. Like that's, that's what I found anyway. Um, but, Jay, mate, you touched upon it. But, yeah, there, we kind of came back into the game and AK burst into life with two efforts from distance, um, both superbly saved by Alex Smithies particularly the second one that he turned on to the inside of the post right before the drinks break. wonder whether he's going to be in contention to start for the final now. What do you reckon, J-Mac? I would start him, personally. Um, if Cabano's fit and AK were fit, I mean, it's a bit rogue, but I would have Cabano on the left and, and Kamara on the right. Um, MKK, but I, I, with Mitchell up top, of course. But I, I yeah, Kamara was interesting in this game because it was interesting to see how much damage he could do from the left-hand side as well as the right, as he usually plays. I thought he was fantastic tonight on the left. And that's that save from Smithies was sublime. I mean, like that was not... I mean, I thought he hit the post. That was actually a save from Smithies for it to hit the... I mean, that was a fantastic save. But I would... Yeah, if... Hopefully, Cabana will start the next game. I would like to see Kamara start as well. But I like to think that Scott Parker will be a little bit more... Uh, what's the word, sort of conservative and just be, have at least one more sort of, I, I don't know, I think he's still going to start not cut and have Cabana left, but what from what I saw of Kamara tonight, I was really impressed and I, I, I would like to actually see him start as well. Yeah, I think I think Kamara is still, to me, is still, it's the bull in the china shop routine whenever he comes on. Just barreling around, running around. I, I think he only needs to start if Cabano can't, essentially that. If things are level as they are, if if Cabano can recover in time, I would start Cabano. I still think Kamara is a impact player off the bench. Um, this is this is getting a little bit of deja vu from last time around because I remember Kamara was again an impact sub last year, or no, not last year, the last time we got promoted, he was an impact sub, and then later towards the end of the season, then he started coming into the first team. I think it may have been Aite he replaced, so it's getting similar to that, but yeah. Kamara stays on the bench for me and is the and is the impact sub in my mind. We're going to need a Cabano. I mean, you know, if Cabano starts the next game, then good. Because as soon as Cabano came off, we had Tom Kearney taking free kicks. And I've never seen a slip quite like it. I, I couldn't believe that free kick he did. Mate. I mean, he even had a laugh with the, with the sort of the media afterwards saying, you know, what was that? But that was that was really embarrassing. And, and that was sort of. You know, just before those Kamara chances, when like I was saying that things were going badly and they were all over us, just you had, you know, we were dropping too deep and Kenny slipping and, you know, the yellow card for Rhoda. It just it seemed really bad before those those Kamara chances. But yeah, I I think Kamara is more than a ball in the China shop. I think he's been playing well, really well, and and is looking a lot brighter under Scott Parker personally. I seem to remember David yeah, Beckham oh, doing on. that for for a, a penalty for England once. He uh, he slipped completely. It just went, yeah, yeah. It was it was in the Euros. He completely scuffed it, exactly the same as Kearney did. So it happens to the best players and the not so best players that, as well. Happened to John Terry in Moscow as well. Yeah, that was a shame, wasn't it? It was a bit. Like, I just just want to touch. Hang on, I just want to quickly touch touch back on what we were saying <laughs> earlier before we before I lose the chance to. Um, I would start Caviero personally 
if Cabana is not fit, I would start Caballero on the wing instead of Kamara. Just personally, just putting that out there. Yeah, fair enough. Well, he was back on the bench tonight, wasn't he? So that was good to see. And it's good to have that option and that competition as well, particularly for, for the biggest game of our season, which, which of course it is now. Let's move on then. So right after the drinks break, Cardiff uh, had a, an opportunity with a free kick right in front of the, the dugouts. Um, and Rodak was called into action when he tipped the ball over the crossbar after a scramble in the six-yard box. He's so good when called upon in big moments, is Marek Rodak. Talk to me about the big man, J-Mac. I mean, Rodak has been one of our players of the season. And I, I just think he's been absolutely wonderful for us. And th- what was very interesting around the 71st minute, or at least for one of the saves he made, but definitely the one that you're mentioning, is just his... his he's very much vocally in control of what's going on in front of him. He's he's very much sort of... <laughs> He, he will let the players know if they're fucking up. And he did that tonight. And he did that. I mean, I don't think the defence did enough for him this evening. And he had to, like I said, we were saying about the goal that they scored in the first half. I mean, I think Rodak did a lot of the, the hard work to start with. And then the defence let him down. Um, Rodak's been wonderful. And I'm so glad we signed an ex- extension for him recently. Uh, yeah, he's going to be huge for us in this game. Absolutely huge in Wembley, in my opinion. Good stuff. Well, hopefully we're going to end up seeing him at Wembley running around with a flare in his hand at the end of the game. Quite Let's right. Wait and see. Let's wait and see. All right, with 15 minutes to go, Anthony Knockup went off, then on came Dennis Adoy, and then Maxime Lamarchand came on for Joe Bryan with a minute of normal time to go. Baldo, were you happy with the changes as we went to three at the back for injury time? It's the classic see the game out, wasn't it? It was, but I think he pulled the trigger on that too early in my mind, um, just because of you know the risk that you are running in that situation of if Cardiff were to sneak an equaliser, uh, equaliser, yeah, equaliser on aggregate, um, similar to you know like they did right at the end with the with the chance that went over the bar, then you're taking off your attacking options and then you've got to basically restart again because then you probably would have had to have taken a doy off and put Cavallero on or. Something like that. So I think he just pulled the trigger too early on that. But I would have waited another ten minutes or so to before we went before we went to shut up shop. Okay. What did J Mac? What did you think of Josh Onimer's shit three at the end when he's kind of rolled over, got the ball, and then just wouldn't give it back? He obviously took a yellow card for it right at injury time, but he was just curled up in a little ball, hanging onto the ball. <laughs> I, I I loved it to be honest, and I only loved it because you know that's the sort of you know. He may be a dickhead, but he's our dickhead. It's that sort of phrase, isn't it? I mean, that was just wonderful, wonderful Definitely. stuff from him. But you can also see it's their number three, Bennett. There's a picture of Bennett actually st- like stamping on Onima's ankle while he's on the ground holding the ball and it's yeah. just come out. Now, I mean, I think that's a retrospective ban, hopefully. But then again, if if Brentford's number eight or whoever it was can get away with you know <laughs> jumping up in the air with two feet together on someone's ankle, then who knows? Maybe that's it's true. fine. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's just ridiculous. But anyway, no, I, I love that from Onima. And talking about the subs, in the 89th minute, I thought it was very interesting to see the the, the famous piece of paper back on again. Uh, Maxime Lamarchand with this piece of paper just looking, looking I've so missed, lost. I've missed, I've missed that piece of paper. Yeah, then, then, then passing it to Kenny, Kenny looking at it and then accidentally dropping it. It's just ridiculous. And then, every, you know, all the opposing players can see it on the pitch. But no, I haven't got any problems with the subs or, or the actual time that they started. And yeah, Onoma, just perfect shit, Hazri. Loved it. I take Baldo's point, though, about taking Anthony Knockart off with, with 15 minutes left because work hard if to score. 
then you know we, we were we would have been in um, in a in a strange position because what would we have done for the half an hour of extra time that that would have ensued? It would have would have been bizarre because we would have had to have gone for it. But anyway. It didn't matter in the end, and we got over the line. Uh, only just, though, there were five minutes of injury time. I'm still pacing and pacing around my mum's living room. And in the last minute, Glatzel gets a great opportunity and puts it over the bar. I think Baldo touched upon it. Did you guys think it was in? What, what did you think when that came over his shoulder? And after after he missed, did you think, that's it, we're home and dry? Yeah, it was a proper heart and mouth moment, wasn't it? It, it, you know, the commentators, it's a cliche, but one last throw of the dice. And I think that, you know, given the timing of it, that was their last throw of the dice. So when the ball went over, I did think, oh, my God, we've managed to survive it. But my word, we were made to work hard. <laughs> Just put it that way. I, I can't, I couldn't have been the only one that thought, oh, my God, this is it. Yeah. Look, you know, yeah, what? I, I, I've, I've been a bag of nerves recently, especially since, uh, you know, Brentford beat Swansea last night. But I, I'll be honest, I, I've had five pints at the pub tonight and I've had two margaritas that my lovely wife made for me. Uh, and I, I, I honestly, what was, I, wasn't, I wasn't worried at all. I don't know why. I just, I, I think from, the, from the, the ninth, just the 90th minute onwards, I knew we were, I knew we were fine. I knew we were fine. I, my only disappointment is that we've broken our unbeaten sort of streak, as it were, and uh, we're going into this game into Wembley uh, with technically a loss, but you know, no, I don't buy that. I don't buy that. We've 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 had to play a game over two legs. All right, we've Fine. lost in ni- we've lost in ninety minutes tonight, but it was ma- it was game management, and you know we've we've yeah. we've come out at the end of it with with the overall result, and that's that's all that matters. You you can't look at one leg and think, oh well, we lost that leg. Who gives a shit? We won tie, uh, and we're we're at Wembley. Well, do you think Cardiff think, oh well, we won our last game of the season? Well, it was something that Neil Harris would say, the prick. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure he'd say something. You but really yeah, don't no, like him, do you? <laughs> no, I, I. No, I. 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 I didn't. Yeah. No, not not my bag at all. But anyway, sorry, Baldo. What do you think? <laughs> Hot potato into Baldo's lap there. I was going to say I've got no problem with Neil Harris personally. Does this stem from his Millwall days? By any chance, J Mac? I think I think he does slightly, yeah. I don't know. I just I thought his behaviour over the last game, his comments afterwards, even though even though they were factually correct, everything he was saying, I didn't like the way he was saying them. So, yeah, <laughs> I don't that's know. Right. That's, you know. That, that's, that's your prerogative, mate. That's that's absolutely your prerogative. Let's yeah. come on to uh, man of the match then. Um, Baldo, are you going to get off get off the fence and get the splinters out of your ass this time and and pick a man of the match? No. Uh... Honestly, no, because I don't think there was any made this. You know what? I'll give it to Cabano again, just because he scored the goal. I don't think many. I don't think any players really sort of stood out properly, like Onoma did in the first game. I think it was a it was a team effort. It wasn't the greatest of team efforts, but it was a team effort nonetheless. So, Cabano by default. I'm going to go yeah, with Tom Kearney. I'm going Tom Kearney. I thought Tom Kearney was really good tonight. I thought I thought we're starting to see him. Just glimpses of him. And what he can do far more than than we've seen, um, you know, this season really, probably since this time last year when the when the season started again. So um, I'm hoping that our, one of our big game players is just starting to come back into form just in time for a big game. What do you reckon, Jay? Um, yeah, Jay Mac. Well, I was just going to ask you: Do you would you start him? I mean, I think it's obvious we'd start him, but I mean, he he seems to be pr- pretty comfortable the past game and a half now in that sort of number eight role, but not the sort of bitey number eight that we're used to in a sort of, in a sort of, you know, uh, you know, Stephanie Hansen shaped hole, but the sense of that he, he works quite well alongside 
Harrison Reel and just behind Josh Onema making the cover passes and being more conservative and being more, you know, more contained. So you would definitely have him starting the next game alongside Onema. Yeah. yeah. I, I would now. I, I wouldn't have had him start in the, the first leg at Cardiff because I would have played our more right. successful and informed midfield. But since since um, the last couple of games, since these two Cardiff games, I've just seen him I've seen him grow in those two games again. And tonight I just saw him get the ball, beat players, go past players and head up looking to play people in. And that's the Tom Kearney that we used to enjoy watching. And we haven't seen much of that this season. And if he's just hitting form now... Then that's brilliant. That's that's such a yeah. good timing for us. Hold on, hold on. There's that... a stat here for you. There's a stat here for you, Frenchie, that I know you'll love. Um, well, just it just came across Twitter while we were talking earlier. Tom Kearney created more chances in open play versus Cardiff than any Fulham player has in any game all season. So that was the most chances created in open play by any player in any game. So he's finally back to his best. As fantastic, fantastic. That's and that's what we've been crying out for. Our, our playmaking midfielder creating opportunities. So fabulous, fabulous sausages, Baldo. Oh fuck off with this! Oh, I like Richmond sausages. Is that such a crime? <laughs> what a line! They do vegan sausages now, Richmonds, and they're they're they're, they're fucking awful. You know um, me. You want... know I'm not touching anything <laughs> vegan. No, that's fine. Jamie, uh, you're man of the match. I think it's got to be Cabano. I like, like we keep saying, five games and four games, the form, the, the, the equaliser, how quick it was. I mean, yeah, it's got to be Cabano. But I just want to give a really special mention, well, I mean, a moderate mention to, to Tim Ream in this game. Um, I know we conceded um, a couple of goals in this match, but I thought Tim Ream made some really, really, really good passes in this match. There was some really nice, really nice footwork from him, stuff that I haven't actually seen um, a lot from him this season. I just, yeah, just a special shout out for Tim Ream for me. I thought he made some really killer passes for me, and, and it's going a lot more forward of the ball than I expected him to in this match. Uh, yeah, Tim Ream, special mention, but definitely Niskin Skibano, man of the match. Good stuff, mate. All right, well, we're going to come on to a Parker racing then. Baldo, coming to you first. Uh, he gets a, a six for me. A lot, a lot of this stuff, you know, were, were mistakes by players on the pitch. Personally, yeah. You no, know, we mentioned you know Rodak probably, arguably could have done better for the first goal. He definitely could have done better for the second goal. Michael Hector, there was a lot of mistakes on the pitch, but I just think his dealing, the way he dealt with the game as it adapted and as it went through, um, just not didn't sit right for me. I mentioned the making the defensive substitution too early. Thankfully, it paid off. It, you know, it didn't come back to bite us. But I just think his management on the night, you know, left something to be desired. So I'm giving him that. All right. I think that's harsh. I'm going to give him an eight because we got the job done. All right. We didn't get it done as comfortably as we hoped. But I don't think it was as... Um, as tight as perhaps the scoreline suggested in the end. We were up against it at times, but we dealt with it. We dealt with the aerial threat quite well. There weren't many times when Rodak had to make any saves where you thought, oh, bloody hell, that was really close. Um, maybe apart from the volley over the crossbar at the end. So I, I thought we did all right. So, yeah, that's that's my verdict. What about you, J-Mac? I mean, I don't know what Reese is talking about. We're going to Wembley, you oaf. I'll give him an eight. I mean, this is a, you know, this is a spectacular evening. I think, you know, you know, I know we have better signings than Jokanovic did in his first season, but Jokanovic didn't get us to Wembley in his first. I mean, this is an amazing, this is an amazing thing tonight. I mean, I know, I know it's a scary prospect facing Brentford. They're our bogey team, but we're going to Wembley. This is brilliant. So I'm going to give Scott Parker a solid eight. And I liked his comments after the match as well. He said, 
he knows that we could do better defensively. And I think he made some very stern comments to the players afterwards in a huddle, it seemed. And I don't think he's not he's not deluded. He hasn't left this game being sort of like he's not crying like Pochettino did after the semi-final against um you know, against uh, Ajax, you know, he's not thinking we've won it already and getting too carried away. He knows there's improvements. And I, I honestly, I, I feel the most confident in Scott Parker than I ever have. All right, lads. Well, um, it's going to be Brentford on Tuesday night for us. Um, we'll be back with a special playoff preview show at the beginning of next week, looking ahead to the final. Our biggest match of the season against our beloved local rivals, as we see if we can match our achievement of being promoted at Wembley two years ago. It's going to be a nervous few days, but we're all in this together. Lads, thanks for joining me and to you all for listening at home. Speak to you in a few days. Come on, you whites.